Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Catron, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Cool. Another great day, another great podcast. It is going to be a good one. The drafts are here. Basically, like I have uh, a couple real drafts coming up like in days. And um, I feel really, really, really prepared. I got my tiered rankings that you can find on patreon.com slash watching the boxes for free. You do not have to be a Patreon to see those tiers. Um, I'm feeling I'm feeling really good. It's an auction draft, so I got a good feel of what everybody's going to be doing. Uh, and I have also bought a um, an excessive amount of booze, so I'm very excited for this draft. Uh, sounds like a great time. Um, we're closing in on just one week until the season starts, and that is that is crazy, right? Um, yeah. It see, it seems like we, you know we we began talking and it was seemed very far away, and now it's basically here, right? The, uh, the preseason games are winding down, right? We're pretty much. I think we're over halfway through already um, as of this recording. So by the time we're listening to, we're probably like 60, 65% of the way through the preseason and real basketball will be here before we know it. Yeah. We're going to have to do a, a little preseason recap to see what, uh, kind of what, what we took out of um, the preseason. I, I, I feel like you shouldn't take a whole lot. There's a lot of hype in preseason. I don't feel like you should take, too much out of preseason, but it's a really good way to um, kind of understand maybe what coaches are thinking about rotations. And other than that, just, you know, settle down. There's a lot of people sitting out a lot of games. Like it's and, not and box score watching can be dangerous because like, just because, you know, starters and starters played at the start of the game together. Like some teams put their starters back in and they're playing against like, other teams, not even real rotation bench players, like other teams, camp invites, and you know, third string guys that are not going to really play a real rotation minute, and they're like absolutely crushing them. So you got to be real, real careful about like just looking at a box score in the preseason and being like, oh, this guy did really good, or you know, this and this happened because. And the shot attempts are, are minimal for most players too, right? So like a guy can get, you know, 15 points, but a lot of times it's just because he made seven out of his eight shots. And you're like, well, is anyone really going to make seven out of eight during the regular season? Like not very often. So yeah, the, um, it, take guys, take everything with a grain of salt. It's also very sample size theater. We're going to talk about a lot, a lot of that as we get into the season uh, to not, to not jump on sample sizes. Uh, we're also going to have a lot of really cool shows next week uh, coming up with some special guests and some draft strategy stuff and uh, the, hopefully some last second some last I second think advice. These special guests might be like puppets that Mike's going to like put on his hand and talk to because I have not even been informed about these special guests. So I'm he keeps teasing them to me, even, but I think they might just be like sock puppets he puts on his hand and talks to. Um, I, I cannot confirm I, nor deny these rumors. I really um, do not appreciate your your disrespect of my sock puppets, Tyler. Let's get into who do I draft, uh, Tyler. This is a weird year. If uh, you guys haven't listened to the first turn podcast, 
Uh, you should, because we talk about why the turn is such a weird um, place to pick this year. And so, so I used to kind of like, I kind of like picking on the turn sometimes. This year I do not. We went with a full-on punt strategy last time around on the turn, which is something we hardly ever recommend. So this time around, we're going to go with a uh, more traditional build, going with the best players available, even though those players um, aren't going to be super, super elite like Harden and Ariannis. There's still some really, really good talent here at the end of the um, first round. And we're going to be taking the Yahoo ADPs and going through the first you know, six rounds or so of what we would consider a draft uh, around the 11th pick. And one of the guys I in my mock drafts that I've been doing that I almost always get at the uh, at the turn is Kyrie Irving. Fan, um, he's kind of out on an island there in Brooklyn right now, and he does put up significantly good stats, good percentages. Um, and he could have himself a little bit of a, an extra year now that he's not in Boston. Therefore, he's, to me, probably one of the most valuable players to take, and that's what we usually suggest people do. Let's look at, let's look at eight category rankings because those are a little bit more uh, predictive in my mind just because the turnovers can, can skew things wildly for some players. And... Especially point guards, right? So so we'll just look at eight category rankings. Michael, I would like to tell you that Kyrie Irving has played uh eight seasons in the NBA now. Good for him. He's a great he's a great man. Um, how many times in eight category per game value would you say Kyrie Irving has finished in the top ten? Or if you prefer the top fifteen, um, either one you can guess. In per game value. There was a lot of years where those totals were not that great. And we're going to talk about that too. I would say there has to be at least, I would say at least three years he was in the top 10. He was in the top 10 exactly three years. He was in the top 15 oh. one other year. Um, hey, 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 hey. Now that. He was, so the last three years, I'll read you. Um, he was 10th, 15th, and 18th in eight category per game value, which sounds pretty good. And if you're picking them at 10th or 11th or 12th or 13th or 14th or 15th, that's, that's pretty good. Um, do you want to guess how many times he has been in the top 10 in total value? Definitely less. Probably, I'm going to say one time. Was in 2014, 2015. Um, I know my Kyrie Irving. He finished lat 15th last season. Um, the two years before that, 33rd and 19th. And I love Kyrie Irving. Right? He's going to give you great stats. I mean, we we can read the stat line. It's it's amazing. It's always amazing. He's always very very good. But that part of it is concerning to me, right? He just never plays a ton of games, right? The last four seasons, it's been 53, 72, 60, and 67. That's how it goes on the turn here, though. You're going to pick a guy who's probably going to play like 65 games, or you got to go like Bradley Beal, who per game value is a step down, but he's probably going to play 
80 games. And I think that's okay to do. And I think the reason I'm maybe pushing people towards a guard is because guards dry up later in the, in the draft. And there's some very, very elite guards here. We could um, take Bradley Beal here. Uh, Usually we'd probably be taking someone. um, Well, you know, KD would be being, he would be drafted, you know, Uh, Kawhi, Paul George is injured. Jimmy Butler doesn't play as many games either. And uh, even, you know, I don't really want to start my team out with Russell Westbrook. I just don't. So that's, that's really the list. Right. And that's, what's crazy is like, you don't really want to start it out with Russell Westbrook or Drew holiday or any of those other guys, Campbell Walker, but you don't really super want to start it out with a guy playing 65 games. And then when you're picking in this spot, it's all the same names again. So it's like, do you want another guy who's going to play 65 games? Do you want to go back to back guys who might literally play 65 games? Yeah, exactly. So like, this is a weird, like I said, weird, weird, weird turn. I'm suggesting going guard guard. Um, I think Beal is perfectly fine at 11. We're going to go with Kyrie because he's always following me. Sometimes Beal doesn't even fall to me at 11. Kyrie almost always does. So we're going to go with Kyrie Irving. With the next pick is the 14th pick. Uh, we do have Russ available. Kimba Walker is someone if we want to go guard, guard. I, I kind of like that. I think Drew Holiday is going to be perfectly fine in New Orleans. People are freaking out about that. I don't know why. Um, your boy, Luka Doncic, is often available at 14. And uh, an old favorite, Jimmy Butler, is available as well. And so is Trey Young. And for, for me, I'd probably, I'd probably double down and go Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, another guy who doesn't play i mean he's a 65 game guy right uh he plays like 65 games pretty much every season but i feel like butler's gonna give you the elite points again i feel like he's gonna be back in that 22 23 range um the threes aren't spectacular but he's still gonna give you like what probably 1.2 1.3 1.4 um like five and a half rebounds like five and a half assists two steals probably half a block pretty good percentages. I feel like pairing Irving and Butler makes you pretty damn good across the board in every single category. You've got two elite scores. You've got guys who are going to shoot good percentages. You've got good rebounds and steals and, and blocks and assists. And you also got a wing here, which sometimes that can be nice to not go like point guard, point guard, point guard, point guard, and, and start filling up all your utility slots. If you're in one of those leagues where it's kind of restrictive as far as the positions, which I'm getting more and more away from because I, I feel like we don't know what, what position half these guys are playing. Um, but that's a different story for a different time. Yeah. Basketball is positionless and I'm tired of waiting around for certain sites, ESPN to uh, change the uh, position eligibility on players that are obviously not, um, who are obviously playing different positions. Jimmy Butler is another risky pick, Tyler, but I think it fits in with the these Butler and Kyrie, though um, they have injury histories, they are per game the best player available uh, up in this area. If, if, if Kawhi is not available in either one of those picks, which is someone I'm also leaning towards as well, I'm a little less concerned about Kawhi. Um, and his game is played this year than I think other people are. So if Kawhi's hanging around at 14, I'm like a thousand percent taking Kawhi. But Jimmy Butler is going to be playing, he's going to be playing more minutes uh in Miami because he's gonna have to. 
And he's going to be back to that kind of like that old Bulls-esque, I'm taking over the team, I'm doing all the work, I'm the point guard, and the the main scorer, and the ISO guy. He's also one of the few people who can get you almost two assists a game over half a block a game with those, not two assists, excuse me, two steals a game with over half a block a game. Great percentages fitting in with Kyrie. And we're really still able to go in any direction at this point with Kyrie and Butler. If you want to be less risky, maybe Kimball Walker here, maybe Drew Holiday here. Um, but I like Kyrie. I like Kyrie and Butler a lot here. I'm surprised you didn't go with your boy Luka Doncic. Um, yeah, I love Luka Doncic. I don't. I don't know that I. I want him at 14. I think he could easily finish at 14. Um, I would not be surprised if he scored more than Jimmy Butler, and that might be crazy to some people. Oh. Um, but with Kyrie, particularly, and. Luka Doncic also does this thing that, that Ben Simmons does, right? Where I think the rebounds and the assists are both going to be very, very good. Um, with Kyrie, though, I feel like Kyrie is a very good percentages point guard, and we can maybe kind of build on that. And Luka Doncic's percentages were not great last year, and I expect him to take a step forward. Uh, we talked about this in the Mavericks podcast. But if he doesn't, I don't want to risk losing two stud categories from Kyrie Irving um, by taking Luka Doncic. Now, had you picked someone like, ooh, I don't know, let's say Kawhi Leonard, I would actually be a little bit more into picking Luka Doncic because I feel like with Kawhi Leonard, right, you're getting some really, really good stats. But the, the main difference between Irving and Leonard is Leonard's percentages are a little bit better and they're a little bit better volume as far as the free throws. So I feel like he would help boost up Luka Doncic's potentially bad percentages a little bit. Luka Doncic is going to shoot a ton of foul shots this year. Um, and we've seen two preseason games, and he was 5 of 10 from the free throw line in one, and then he made all but one of his eight free throws in the other. So I still think it's going to be around 80%, but uh, he's got to prove that to me first. A prom- promising but small sample size theater. Um, I really like the uh, two picks here. They are the best players, pretty much available. If you're, they're a little risky, but you got to take some risks here on the turn because you're not getting Harden, you're not getting Giannis. So you're set up pretty nice here to go in any direction you want with Kyrie and Jimmy Butler. And the reason we try to preach not punting right off the back, unless you really have to, uh, as we did in the last episode is because at 35 and 38, you're this is like the most confusing part of the draft. And as we said in the last episode, we're going to say it again. There is no one AD whose ADP is 35 or uh, – actually, there's no one whose ADP is 34 through 38. It goes from 33 with Chris Paul to 39 with D'Angelo Russell. Nobody knows what's going on in the third – into the third, into the fourth round. Every there's a lot of weird shit going on in there, and anybody could fall to you here. Therefore, I like a build where I can go in any direction based on who falls to me. Uh, maybe Devin Booker even falls to me here, which would be pretty crazy. Um, maybe nobody falls to me. I have to go with like Chris Paul or D'Angelo Russell. I don't know, but if if you're in a draft, unless it's like some strange categories or something where someone isn't picking Devin Booker by the beginning of the third round, you should find a new league. I'm sorry, you should you should find a new league. 
because the because those guys don't know what the hell they're doing. Like Devin Booker is just, yeah, okay, he plays for the Suns, and maybe you don't want to watch the Suns, but Devin Booker's stat line is just impressive. And this is a kid who is super young, twenty three years old, and gets better every season. So Absolutely. it's it's already an amazing stat line, and I'm betting it's going to be better this season because it's been better every season. So yeah, just just find a new league. That's my that's my recommendation. Just find a new league yourself a challenge guys um tyler at 35 to 38 i'm only going to list the guys who are 39 or above and i'm going to i might let you pick one person from before that because one of those people statistically have to fall to you at 35 Uh, here's the danger of that and maybe this is why we don't want to do that because it's it starts with with mitchell robinson and pascal siakam maybe even donovan mitchell right it starts with those names and one of those guys falls. But the problem with it for me is, like, I'm fine with taking Donovan Mitchell. I'm okay with taking Pascal Siakam. I don't super love that. I'm okay with taking De'Aaron Fox. I'm great with taking Chris Porzingis. But then there's some other names in there, like Mitchell Robinson, I don't want. I don't, even at 35, I don't want. Uh, John Collins at 35, I don't super want. Like, I'm not gung-ho. Zion Williamson at 35. If he's the one who falls, do, do I really want to bet on a guy I have never seen before? I no, I don't really want him at thirty-five. So it's pretty good. He's good. He's been good, but he's also dunking on some guys who maybe don't play an NBA minute. He uh, dunked on uh, Cristiano Felicio, I think about yeah. thirty times in one game. That so that's a new record. He scored, that was the Bulls one where he scored like a ridiculous amount of points, right? Yeah. If you if you guys don't remember, the Bulls were like last in defense last year. So settle and, down. And look at look at that lineup that they played. Like it was a, a lot of the times, a lot of the, the highlights that I saw, he was dunking on guys that I'm like, I don't think he plays in the rotation or he shouldn't be playing on a on a team that's good. Um so yeah, I mean like plus or to get to get that he was like twelve of fourteen from the field, wasn't he? Like, is anyone yeah, going to shoot? I actually five percent. <laughs> like, no, no so, it's not. So, throw him out. Here's the list of people we got: D'Angelo Russell, Buddy Heel, Jason Tatum, Jaron Jackson Jr., Blake Griffin, Otto Porter, Lowry Marketing, Demar Derozan, Mike Connolly, Chris Middleton. Wait, wait, wait. Go back to that one. Guy. Go back to that second guy who plays for the. You always sing the name, or it was just this time. No, hold on. I'm just reading these names. It's Chris Middleton, LaMarcus Aldridge, Clint Capella, and Lowry Markinen. <laughs> I think the Bulls uh, PA announcer should adopt that that right there. Every time he scores, just just do that, the nice singing of his last name. Completely agree. And actually, Larry Markinen isn't, is a little bit of a reach at this point. But right now, we got great top of the league in steals. Our assists are very, very solid. Our rebounds are very, very solid for just having guards. Our threes could be better. Our points are okay. And our blocks are actually okay for having two guards as well. Like I said, we could go really, really in any direction here, which is why, like, if Chris Stapps or, you know, uh, Donovan Mitchell falls to you, cool, great. I kind of am interested in Lowry Market and maybe at 38. That seems a little high. Though. I've seen him going. He's, well, his ADP's at 44 right now. 
I don't, I have, I have not been picking Larry Markkinen. And it's not that I'm not interested in Larry Markkinen. Just I am interested in a few guys ranked just below him that I'm just a little bit more interested in. Um, I think we've talked about this, the Mike Conley types, right? That's just like, I feel really good about what Mike Conley is going to give me. And I feel like the guards are drying up quickly. And so I've been going a little bit more in that direction, but I'm fine with Larry Markkinen here. Uh, I, I'll throw out for the first pick. I'm going to go out with this guy I've picked in the last one. is D'Angelo Russell. I just feel like we need some threes. I feel like D'Angelo Russell is going to be pretty elite in threes. It gives us another very high score, so we should be very good in, in points. He boosts our assist. I think the rebounds are going to be fairly good for a guard, um, and we kind of maybe have our first three positions there. We have a point guard, a shooting guard, and a small forward, which is nice um, if, if we're in a very position-restrictive league. Um, obviously more, more good steals. I feel like the Russell is going to be very, very good on that Warriors team. And they're going to need somebody who's going to shoot and score. And what's the Russell's specialty shooting and scoring. There's an alternative to uh, D'Lo here. Um, but he healed is a really good percentage guy. Um, his steals aren't great, which we're okay with. They're a little under one, but like we're, we're killing people in steals right now. He's got almost a half a block for a guard. Um, he doesn't give us the assists maybe Russell gives us, but he gives us a, a big bump in rebounds and a bigger bump in threes, which were still a little weakened. So, like, as an alternative, I like kind of like Buddy Heald there. Like, I, I'm, I am going to avoid another kind of, like, across-the-board player here, like Otto Porter. I really love Otto so, Porter, but I'm going to avoid that, that type of player at this point. I feel like if we don't get some high level uh, not not even high level i shouldn't say that some some good assists right we have two guys who are good in assists but they're still only getting you like five and a half six right so some some of these guys you know the the team with the guys getting you know the the ben simmons types where it's like eight or you know anyone who's gonna get 10 and maybe there isn't anyone at all this year who's gonna get 10 which that'll be weird right uh maybe trey young trey young might have the best shot this season to get 10 assists a game uh, we're going to be behind those, some of those guys. Um, so I kind of like going for another assist guy here, whether it's Russell or whether with our next pick, we go for someone like Mike Conley. Um, I just feel like getting another good assist person is, is important here because I don't want to have to be backed into a corner to pick Rubio and Teague or Rubio or Teague. Um, with one of those picks because if someone for whatever reason, like when you're on the turn, you always have to wait a long time between your picks. So you don't really have a lot of say on who kind of gets snaked in front of you in the sense that like someone could reach down for one of those guys, you know, just before you're about to pick and, and that could burn you. So this is where they dry up. This is exactly where uh, Connolly goes off the board. Chris Paul goes off the board. D'Angelo Russell goes off the board. Um, this is exactly when point guards dry up. So with one of these picks, you, I, I completely agree. You got to get your assists. Uh, I like D'Lo as well. I'm going to go with him. I think Chris, even if Chris Paul is available, um, you're going to really kill people in steals if you if you go with Chris Paul. Uh, if he's like falling to you at 38, I'm okay with Chris Paul at 38. Yeah, I mean that you got some serious game risk there though. If you're going Irving, Paul, and Butler, that's true. That's um that's that's playing with fire, my friend. That is uh that is dangerous. Not that we haven't seen D'Angelo Russell get hurt a few times, because we have, but 
yeah, Paul, Paul. I mean, if Paul falls, I I'm with you. I'd have a hard time passing him up. But I'm just saying, like that. That's a team where you win the league or you crash and burn with those three guys all having some big time injury risk. Very true. Um, at this point, if we go D'Lo, which I think we are going to, our 38th pick uh, feels like uh, we don't have any bigs at all on this team. So our rebounds are actually super solid for just having guards, but our blocks are – they're not bad, but we the, the elite block guys are, are really few and far between here. And uh, let's just list off some of the – you know, LaMarcus Aldridge and Clint Capella are kind of the big – two centers still hanging around at this point. Uh, like I said, Lowry Markin is out here. If you want to boost those threes, uh, Brooke Lopez is someone you could reach down and, uh, and grab uh, along with Bam Adebayo, who might be kind of an interesting uh, reach down as well. Like, but you, like we said, you're on the turn reaching down, like look, don't look at the six people who are getting drafted in near that ADP Look all the way down until your next picks when you're when you are looking at potentially who to take in this round because like Tyler said, all of them are not going to fall to you. Yeah, what what about your man, a man close to your heart, Mr. Robert Covington? There's a there's another kind of wingy type, but it's a block and game probably probably elite steals. Um, I find scoring the scoring hurts here though. Yeah, I'm with you, but here's a strategy I've been using to get blocks, right? If you're kind of on this turn range, you can kind of gang gang the blocks with your team, right? And it works like this, okay? You get a guy who, like, at point guard, right? Now, we have Kyrie Irving, but he gets you, like, half a block. There's not a ton, a ton of point guards beating you in that particular category right like there's a few but not not a bunch okay then you get butler who gets you like half a block okay which isn't fantastic but you start adding up like a block here and a block there and a block here and a block there i think you can be fine in blocks you're not gonna probably be the top but you are gonna win that category some weeks just because not that many guys are blocking shots anymore. Like how many guys are blocking over two shots a game this year? Three, four? Yeah, if that. So you know what I mean? Like you get one here, you get one there, you get one here, you're okay. So I'm not super worried about getting a big guy here because I think there's gonna be big guys in the next round, you know, the Steven Adams, the Hassan Whiteside types who are gonna get you a block. And I get one of those and I get another one a little bit later. And maybe I pick Jared Allen after pick a hundred. Who's probably going to get me a block a game. I'm competitive in that category. Am I winning it every week? No, but am I competitive? I'm competitive. That's all I want. I just want to be competitive. I'm not too worried about our block situation at this point. Even if, like you're saying, if we ignore blocks, um, and even though there are not a lot of elite block guys left, in our next two picks after this, we can figure it out. There's, you know, uh, Serge Ibaka is hanging around at the end of the draft. Don't worry about that. What I am a little bit concerned about is that, you know, we don't have an elite or close to elite rebounder. Um, Clay and Capella, that's, that's what that would make Capella very interesting here. I'm with you there. Um, so would you rather, and, and let's, let's kind of play it twofold here. You can have someone like Mike Conley here, 20 points, five assists, some good steals. 
and or you can have Capella, right? But then with your next pick, right? You can name the numbers here. Um, I feel 59 like nine and sixty-two. I feel like you know, with our next pick, there's probably guys like Derek Favors and Al Horford and Jonas Valanciunas and Thomas Bryant and Stephen Adams. Like, I feel like there's a lot of big guys on the kind of next turn. What what point what, what point guard are you gonna get on that next turn? Like maybe Kyle Lowry falls to you. You'd get lucky though because he's at fifty six right now, and I think he's a top fifty player. So if you're playing with me, you're not getting him. So maybe maybe Jamal Murray falls, but I don't know. Like isn't Jamal Murray kind of like that? There could be by the time your next pick comes around, zero point guards, unless you're gonna reach down arrows your jaw Moran. We have two point guards on the team, though. Yeah, but I'm talking going forward. What like if you're gonna want to be up there in assists, don't you still need one more guy who's gonna get you like five and a half, six assists, and still be decent in something else? I'm I'm looking going forward. Like unless we're gonna get Rubio, like I mentioned, or we're gonna snap Jeff Teague, like there's not gonna be a ton of those those names left. And I find outside the top 100. There's almost no point guard I feel pick good feel good about picking. I completely agree with you. Um, I'm leaning still for maybe someone like uh, Larry Marketing, but also uh, Mike Conley makes perfect sense here. I think Mike Conley is going to have a great year. Um, I actually think he's being under drafted, so getting him at 38 actually feels pretty good. Um, he's currently ADP is 45, which is far far too low. Um, so let's take let's take Connolly here. Uh, I think we uh, that's going to be our favorite picks here in the uh, third round. Is uh, Dilo third and fourth round is going to be Dilo and Connolly, uh, and let's skip down to fifty nine and sixty where these bigs are sitting here. Um, I doubt Bam Adebayo falls to you because he is a hot hot name. But Al Horford's here, Jonas Valanciunas, Thomas Bryant, who I'm starting to warm up on. I think I was a little bit out on Thomas Bryant uh, leading into the season, but with how bad Washington is, I'm kind of warming up to Thomas Bryant. Um, I'm kind of starting to get off the Hassan Whiteside scent, though. Uh, uh, he's, you know who he's, I want here? I got my guy that I want from Big Man. Let me hear it. Jonas. Derek Favors? Jonas Valanciunas. Just feel like good percentages, right, which were kind of good in both percentages. He's not going to kill you in the free throws. He's going to get you like 10 rebounds going to block a shot, get you, and his points are going to be fairly good, I think, right? He's probably going to be the best points big man here, and that's kind of what I like about it is I get another good, and like, I feel like this is a team trending to be in one of the top team in points, even though we don't have the Harden or the Curry. Um, the two guys I think are going to kind of lead the league in, in points this year. I feel like this team is trending to be in fairly fairly strong in points. So I kind of want to get another points guy to, to give that just another little tiny boost. And I feel like if we're going big man, I feel like JV is going to give you the most points here. I love, I love the points aspect of this. Uh, the rebounds are probably double digit. And also the blocks are still good. The blocks are still very good. His steals are, you know, negatives. Um, assists are always going to be pretty much negative with any um, center uh, past the uh, halfway point in the draft and your percentages are still killing it. So like you're looking good across, across the board. You're elite in steals. Your points are probably top three. Um, your assists are doing very well. Cause you've got multiple guards. 
as well. Um, your threes probably aren't completely the best, but they're still in the top, you know, 25%, top four of your league. And your blocks are actually probably in the top half of your league as well. So you're still a very, very, very good team. With the 62nd pick, do you want to double down on a center? Do you want to go Jonathan Isaac? Do you want to take a swing here um, with with somebody who's a little bit lower? Because you are not picking until the uh, the, or the mid-80s pretty much after this. Um, I'm looking at, at two guys here, and, and you're probably not going to be super fan. Well, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to think about this, but I will probably go with either Josh Richardson or Shea Gilgis here with the other pick. Um, I feel like both are, are very strong, you know, kind of steals and blocks guys. I feel like both those players can get you somewhere near, you know, 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9 blocks, um, which is going to help in that category. I feel like especially Shea Gilgis is going to be good in both percentages, which is kind of how we're trending here. Um, if you want to get your threes better, the pick is Josh Richardson. Cause I feel like the, the Sixers are going to ask Richardson to kind of be that three and D wing. And I feel like Richardson might take a big jump up in his three pointers this year, just because, you know, people are going to crash on Joel Embiid and they're going to be trying to stop Ben Simmons at the rim. And, he might be, you know, kind of that fourth, fifth option with Tobias Harris there. And then people don't want to give Al Horford an easy bucket, right? So I feel like he could be better than people are giving him credit for. Um, the field goal percentage might be a little rough there, though. So if you want to keep both percentages high, I would go Shea Gilgis. Um, but those are kind of the two two people I'd be looking at. I'm, I'm into Josh Richardson for sure at this point. I'm a little less in because he can – uh, go between the two, uh, the two and the three, and go be. He can be a guard. He can be a forward. I'm digging that. I feel like uh, Shea Gildress might be a little bit overkill on our guards at this point, uh, even though he does fit our build uh, really well. So I don't really have a problem with him going at 62. Um, I, I I do actually think I would take a swing though at Thomas Bryant. You know. Uh, well, all right, all right. I'm kind of getting on the Thomas Bryant bandwagon. To Thomas, right? Um, I think he's got to be the second leading scorer on that team, doesn't he? What else are they doing there? You're going to get a huge bump to your field goals. Your free throws are not going to be killed by him whatsoever. He's not going to take a huge volume. And even so, he's above 70%. Uh, you're going to get the blocks. You're going to get a ton good, good of rebounds. Uh, and he's going to probably hit a three a game. Our friend, like, our, our friend Mark Roberts has him ranked in his top 40. I do know that. That's a hundred percent true. And our over at um hashtag basketball, he's ranked 55th, 30 minutes a game, 15 and nine and a half with a block and a half and a half a steal and almost a three a game. Shooting 79% from the line, which feels a little high. But nevertheless, he's ranked one above Zion Williamson on hashtag basketball.com. And I'm I'm just I'm kind of warming up to him. I think we might I might have been too negative in our Washington team preview on Thomas Bryant. Um, I think if you want to take a swing and you want a big, like a pretty good big who could has a some decent upside at 62, uh, Thomas Bryant's the pick here. Uh, Josh Richardson, great pick, absolute great pick. I'm a fan. I think he's going to have a very nice year. Percentage. He's not going to be asked to like carry a team. I feel like that's a better role for him. Because I feel like he's going to get you like a steal and a half and like a block. And and 
The threes are going to be up. That's what I mean. And there's going to be more threes. And honestly, in fantasy, I'd rather have that than him scoring like 17 a game and getting you like a steal and three quarters of a block. Like, I just feel like for fantasy, the role suits him better. And that team's going to be good. And so it's it's kind of a win-win, right? A win-win. Another win-win. Um, Tyler, this podcast was a win-win because we did two turn podcasts. The previous one, we went and recommended actually punting off the back, which is something we never, never do. I really suggest listening to that one. But this is more traditional uh, Mike and Tyler approach to the draft. And we went with best player available, Kyrie, followed by Jimmy Butler, both a little bit risky with the injury proneness. There's kind of like a billion ways you can go at the turn, which is really, really hard to kind of like predict who's going to fall to you. Bradley Beal, Kawhi Leonard, um, a lot of guys I, I, I like in that mix. I'm not sure you could go really wrong with anyone in that mix. Uh, Kyrie and Butler, best per game, I feel, uh, unless Kawhi falls to you. He's definitely the best per game out of all of those people. Um, went in th- our third and fourth round picks at pick 35 and 38. Uh, we went D'Angelo Russell again. Uh, D'Angelo Russell just feels like a really, really good fit. No one knows what they're doing in the third or fourth round, so like, do be aware that uh, things can get messy there, but also there could be some really, really great uh, players fall to you there. D'Angelo Russell feels like a very safe pick in this area. Some people are out on him, so he seems to be falling. And uh, we doubled down with Mike Connolly. You know, I, I don't have uh, any issues with people sweating off of that and they, maybe too many guards for them, and maybe they want to go Shea Gildress later or they want to go Rubio later, so they don't want Connolly. Maybe they go Lowry Market and maybe they, somebody falls to them. Uh, awesome. But we went Mike Connolly at 38, sitting here uh, with incredible steals, very good assists, uh, plenty of scoring, very good threes, great percentages at this point. We need some bigs. We didn't. Our blocks are actually not that bad at this point, but our rebounds aren't. So we went Jonas Valanciunas, tons of scoring, plus rebounds. And then Josh Richardson was Tyler's pick. My pick was taking a swing at Thomas Bryant, who is uh, bumping up the uh, the Mike Catron charts, which I'm sure the league that I'm drafting very soon will be very interested in that piece of information. Hopefully they don't list that listen that long, but I'm – very happy you guys listened this long. Um, Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. Find me at Watch the Boxes, guys. If you like the show, please rate, review us, tell a friend, steal a phone, download the podcast, and then give it back to the person. Don't steal. That's not cool. Um, but if you want even more access to Tyler and I, along with some exclusive content, patreon.com slash watching the boxes there's free content there is subscriber only content you get podcasts during the season earlier than everybody else no big deal be prepared for your waiver wire be prepared for who are the hot and cold players of the week ahead of everybody else for the season on patreon.com slash watching the boxes and if you want to get in those listener leagues they are filling up really really quick so Guys, who do I draft is just getting started, and we'll be back with another one really soon.